0: Arizona Boomer Radio brings you Straight Down the Middle, Arizona's only internet golf show. Straight Down the Middle is produced by the Boomer and the Baby Incorporated in partnership with GolfMix.com. GolfMix is your place to read course reviews written by recreational golfers just like you. Learn about the course you're going to play. Check out GolfMix before your next round. Now it's time to hit it straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle Then it started to poke just a wee wee bit That's when caddy lost sight of it That little white pellet has never been found to this day But it went straight down the middle Like they say Whack down the fairway Down the middle, Arizona's only known internet golf show. As far as we're concerned, we're the only ones we know about. Uh, We want to to welcome everybody on Valentine's Day. It is February 14th, Thursday, and we're broadcasting from our offices and our studios in Phoenix, Arizona, actually Sun City. And We hope everybody is having a great Valentine's Day so far, and don't forget your sweetie, because otherwise you're in trouble, as I saw on Jimmy Fallon last night. He says, if you don't, it's a trap. Don't forget, it's a trap. So, uh, that being said, uh, it's still not too late. You can even probably get some flowers at out, out in front of the Fry Stores or something like that where, where they have the tents as long as you get in there before 6 o'clock tonight on your way home. Uh, other than that, I hope everybody's had a great golf week. I know uh, that we have. Joining me today on the phone is Mr. Kirk Getzinger. Kirk is also uh, a member of the Golf Mix team. We are scheduled to have a guest today, uh, Nancy Collins from Sassy golf who we met out at golf fest this last weekend uh however she had came up with a conflict today that she had to get to in a business deal so she will be with us next week also another upcoming guest that we have coming uh in a couple of weeks is another nancy nancy howard who is the owner and publisher uh, chief Cook and Bottle Washer for the Arizona Golfer publication. So we'll be talking uh, golf and golf publishing and the golf business in, in Phoenix and in Arizona with her. She's been around and at that business for 20-plus years, so very, very well versed in golf in this area. So we look forward to having her on the show as well. But uh, today, it's me and Kirk talking about stuff. So, uh, Kirk, welcome back to the uh, Straight Down the Middle Show. I'm glad to have you here, buddy.
1: Well, Pete, it's it's good to be back with you. It's been a been a couple of weeks since we've been together on the air. It was there was a little golf tournament that went uh, went on in town here a couple of weeks back, so that. Uh it kind of took uh, took front and center, but uh, but I'm glad to hear that you've got all your Valentine's Day uh, obligations taken care of today. That's, that's that's good that you've got that right up front and you smacked that one right down the middle. So I'm uh, <laughs> really 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 glad to hear that. I I, uh, I believe I've done the same myself, so that allows us to get on with things and talk about some golf
0: here today. So. Now we can get into what really matters. Right <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, I don't want to hear too many people here say that. Hey, just uh, be careful when you say that. Yeah. yeah, that's right, that's right. Well uh let's let's talk about what's what's going on in uh in Arizona here, the Phoenix area uh lately. Uh certainly we had the big uh, uh the sixteenth whole celebration ongoing for four days of uh five days when you got to Pro-Am, uh, you were out there, had an integral role in uh, some of the things with golf mix, and also uh, you did a lot of work for the tournament itself, as uh, seeing as how you are a part-time employee out there at TPC. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you did uh, in your roles uh, for the tournament itself. I know you were on the on course doing some uh, spotting and scoring and so on. Give us a Give us a rundown on what that schedule looked like for you.
1: Yeah, indeed, it's really uh, that now that we're a few days past the tournament. I've kind of had a chance to recharge the batteries a little bit, uh, get rid of my annual Phoenix open cold. That always seems to happen after being outside and on my feet for seven days straight, and uh, kind of gives me a chance to reflect on things a little bit. It was it, it was really a great week out there from uh, from everybody's standpoint uh, in terms of uh, the my activities uh, for the for the tournament itself uh we have you know actually we have, we have two pro-am days we have a monday and a wednesday pro-am where a lot of amateurs get to go out there and have a have a great experience teaming up with a pro in a in a really fun uh fun event and so those, those went off real well uh mother nature gave us a big help this year with great weather during the tournament that just makes things so much smoother from the the inside logistics of things as well as the fan experience getting a chance to watch it under typical Arizona blue skies so uh, we had a we had a really good uh, really good week of weather which allowed obviously for spectacular crowds two of the days out there as you mentioned I work I work as a walking score and so I was out on the course Friday morning and with one of the Sunday groups as well. And it really gives me a chance to take a take a good close look at the course and kind of get a little sense of you know not only watching you know three great golfers play, but how they how they have it set up. And I will say this this year, I think the the those scores were in part due to the rough was not as high as I remember it in many years past, especially in some areas around the greens. Um, the rough seemed to be seemed to be much lower. The condition of the greens were were fabulous, and I think that. Uh, very much was a contributor to the low scores. If you got a putt rolling online and you had anywhere near the right speed on it, it was going in except for the putt that Phil had for 59 and I still have no idea how that putt stayed out of a hole, but uh, it's just a reminder that the golf gods are in charge and we're not. And so every once in a while they, they set one back at you. But uh, the course itself just lent itself to to low scores. Uh, the weather conditions lent themselves to that. And I think, um, you know, it was a combination of factors where this tournament normally has been a 16- to 18-under tournament since uh, still goes out and ties the tournament record uh, and run, runs away with it wire-to-wire. Uh, A busy week out there, and then uh, the the part of it certainly I cannot forget is what happened uh, with our Golf Mix presence out there. And I I certainly want to say thanks, first of all, to the thousands of people who did take the time to stop at our Golf Mix booth and the expo to learn a little bit about what we're doing at Golf Mix and become part of the Golf Mix community. We've had a number of people come on, write reviews after the event, get involved, take a look at the site. And we had a great chance to chat with a number of people from all over the country, all over North America, for that matter, about what we're doing with Golf Mix. And the Expo tent provides a really unique opportunity to do that. Uh, this, the, It is amazing when you see these out. And I know you were there, Pete, to see the thousands and thousands of people that come streaming in on Friday and Saturday. The, the one way that one person described it to me uh, during the run, it's like it's like uh, the QPC Scottsdale is its own city that week, and it really is. Uh, there's so much going on around the tournament, and then there is the tournament going on right in the middle of it. So uh, it's an incredible buzz of activity, and I'm uh, I'm, uh, I'm fortunate to be part of it. Well,
0: I I will say that uh, when when we were out there ourselves, um, we. We're out there on Monday. It was a little cold and rainy and, and and somewhat nasty on Monday, and I'm thinking, well, I hope this breaks, you know, you hope it's gone. And by George, it was, and it did. And I, and I went out there a couple more days during the course of the event, and I had occasion to uh, go up and see the people uh, from PGA, PGA Charities up there at the military outpost uh, tent that they had set up uh, over the top of the uh basically the top of the 18th, tee, first part of the 18th fairway up there. And and I did a little story on them. And, of course, as you know, that's Birdies for the Brave. And uh, they're the fellows and ladies that uh, tend the flag on the assigned military hole for each of these tournaments. And then, of course, uh, all of the other... uh, veterans uh, in the area or people even that are active in the area uh, maybe home on leave can come up there and and partake of food and beverage uh, all on the The PGA Tour. Uh, It's a. It was a great experience for me to go up there and meet some of those folks. uh, Not having been a military man myself, and it it really brings to light exactly what it's all about when they when you go up to somebody and say thank you for your service. I mean, it it really brings brings it home for those of us that have not been in the military and excuse me so it was it was uh, quite an experience up there uh I saw the crowds on uh, uh on the on the busy days. I was there for the hundred and seventy nine thousand some odd <laughs> however many it was, and it was a thundering horde it was just unbelievably thunder uh, a thundering horde uh, I don't know, and uh, we were standing behind. I went down through the center area there of the city. I guess it was downtown, right there where they have all the all the, all the food and beverage and the and the merchandise tents. Right. And That's a good whatever. way to describe
1: it. It's kind of like Main Street, right? Yeah, what it is.
0: Mean? It's right there. It all comes together right there behind the. You can look. You can, as you're looking to the to the west on the course, you can look up to the left, and you can see the backside of the of the 16th hole uh, bleachers and boxes. And that sound and there's one, I think the one set the 11th tee right back there behind that uh, uh, Kirk you would know maybe the 10th tee yeah uh,
1: the 10th tenth, the tenth tee is just to the left of the, uh, the 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 main gathering area the food court type right. area if you will and then you kind of walk if you walk from there going up towards the practice area which was which was my home for four out of those seven days uh, uh, then you get right up towards the 10th green and then the 11th tee as well as you're on your way to 16.
0: Well, it, it's a, it's amazing because uh, the, the the tee box it was right there, and and these these players are on the tee box, and the sixteenth hole is it never is less than a buzz. I mean, it's just a constant buzz, and when you hear the din of the and the roar, it's it's, it's unbelievable. So I guess these guys have to kind of time it. <laughs> <laughs> on their tee shots, so they can if they want it. If if they're allergic to noise, they're they're going to break out in hives uh, <laughs> because there's nothing but noise out there. That's that's for darn sure. And 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 to to see the way this tournament is growing, I think I may have mentioned it to you uh, prior to. Uh, today's show. But I, I was out there many, many years ago in the late eight, late 80s, 90s. Uh went out there, and w- when it was relatively new, it was, as a matter of fact, it may have been the first or second year that they were out there, and, and Weisskopf was, was uh, uh, rather, uh, um, a couple of fellows were, were walking along out there, and uh, Howard Twitty was there, and people were saying, you know, Saying and Howard did a great job on the course and and Jay Morish was around apparently and uh, a lot of comments being made about the golf course and to see it now from then and to see what the tournament has become since then is just amazing because when I walked back out there on that Wednesday prior to the Wednesday Pro-Am Day when we did that thing on the 16th hole with, uh, with you guys at Golf Mix Right. Uh, when Aaron Oberhoser was out there, and, and it was beat the pro type thing, and um, and I was in awe when I came into the parking lot, from the parking lot. I was absolutely in awe. I had never seen it like that before because it's been years since I'd been out there, and uh, having not been in the Arizona area for a while, and it was just unbelievable, unflippin' believable.
1: Yeah, you know, it really is, Pete, and for those of us who, you know, maybe if you're someone who's been a Phoenix resident for all your life, and maybe this is the only, you know, PGA Tour event you've ever seen, uh, trust me, the rest of them are not like this one. I mean, (laughs) this is one one unto itself. Uh, the, The typical PGA Tour event is nowhere near the amount of activity going around it. Uh, like like the Phoenix Open does, it is the largest attended sporting event in the country every year, bar none, and it uh, it, it is it is a setup unto, un, unto itself. It provides for incredible fan experience. You get a it, there are so many different ways to enjoy the tournament. If you have a favorite player, for instance, that you want to follow, then you you go out and follow them. If you want to have a great vantage point, say on the 12th tee or. Um, you know, behind the ninth green somewhere like that, and you just want to kind of sit and watch it, watch a bunch of players come through. It it affords you that opportunity uh, real well. I tell you, you're talking about Saturday. I mean, I was down on the practice area Saturday morning, and we set up about six o'clock or so in the morning. And you could not believe the number of people coming through there at, at right after six o'clock to go stake their place out there on 16. I I had heard that by nine o'clock or so, if you wanted to go sit in the the general admission seating areas on 16, uh, you had a two-hour wait to get a seat. So I heard the same. That, that that's what it's about out there, um, and it's 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 fun to be a part of it and be right in the middle of it.
0: Well, it is, and uh, I had occasion to take a look at it in a little different sense. Uh, There were, uh, in addition to being up there in the uh, in the pavilion for the military, uh, I also had occasion to talk to the people from uh, uh, the giving out the mobility cards, the Southwest Mobility there, uh, uh, and I had uh, they were nice enough to let me take one out for a spin. And So I could experience it. And not only was the cart performed perfectly, it was uh, very, very nice of them to let me do it and, and ride it for a little while. Uh, but they provide a great service to all of the patrons that may be disabled but still want to go see a golf tournament. And allows them to get out of the far reaches of the golf course where they may not normally go. And um, it's it, it just a tremendous, tremendous thing that they do. And they donate that service. For the day, and all you do is give them a, a driver's license, and uh, and off you go in your in your little mobility cart. And uh, I was taking that cart through um, the crowds down there, as uh, in what I call downtown downtown TPC at the tournament. <laughs> and and I found out something about being disabled that I didn't know. Uh, I knew somewhat from when I've had occasion to push my dad or my mother with a wheelchair, but actually to experience it firsthand, you're lower than the average person when you're sitting in a a chair of some sort that is either being pushed or you're controlling its uh, its movement. Yes. And people don't see you, and Mm -hmm. they don't pay attention, and they darn near stumble over you and fall in your lap in some cases. And it's, um, I'm, I'm not saying they're nasty, it's just, it's an oblivion. And I'm not saying it's the tournament, I'm saying it's it's life. And I don't want to sure. get into the too philosophical a thing here, but I discovered that out there at the Phoenix Open. And uh, believe me when I tell you that uh, when you hold the door open for somebody with a disability, you're doing them a great service. Uh, I, from my opinion, anyhow, you're doing them a great service because it's uh, even with a mobility cart, which makes it so much easier than if you're dealing with crutches or wheelchairs and trying to wheel yourself around. Uh, even even with the mobility cart, there are still not you just still don't have the uh, advantages of being totally ambulatory yourself. So uh, just just a note. Uh, I learned it when I was at the Phoenix Open. I, I, I suspected it because I'd had occasion to push people in a chair, but uh, uh, just a note, uh, just just give them a little wider berth and uh, and open the hold the door open for them at least. That's uh, just no, I, I think just that's my great. editorial opinion today.
1: <laughs> no, that's great. That's great perspectives, Pete. It really is. And uh, again, uh, to she had something like that out there at the Phoenix Open. is a fabulous thing because there's no way. That, I mean, this is someone who does have a, a disability. There's no other way they're going to be able to get around out there and enjoy the tournament. And uh, when you are in that mass of people, it does. You know, it's one of those things. When you, if you see someone that's there, just just stop for a moment and just give them give them the courtesy and and uh, help, uh, help them help out a little bit. Make their make their day a little bit better and you'll be better for it as well. I I did want to just mention for a moment you mentioned the – the, uh, the the birdies for the Braves set up out there. That was truly. I, I didn't get a chance to go into it, but looking from the outside, that was one of the absolutely most striking features that was uh, that was out there. That was a new thing this year. It was just off to the right of the 18th tee, mm-hmm. and it was an incredible structure. And I certainly hope that that's something that continues and grows uh, as part of the Phoenix Open. Uh, it's a uh, it's a fantastic recognition of those in our country uh, who have served and we certainly uh, need to find really good opportunities like that to say thank you, and it, it certainly seems from everybody that I talk to that uh, that they did a great job with it this year.
0: Well, uh, I had John Fleshman on the show, and he's a uh, representative of PGA Charities, and that's his uh, apparently his baby as far as the PGA Charities are concerned and what he works most with or maybe yeah, 100% with. And the other thing that the uh, – that the PGA charities for the brave folks did is uh, with corporate sponsorships. They had a baby shower for 40 expectant mothers whose husbands were deployed. And apparently it was just an absolute phenomenal success. Uh, They, they just gave them gifts. I think he said there were strollers and car seats and uh, all kinds of things that were donated by uh, uh, sponsors and caring sponsors. And that's another aspect of what the Birdies for the Brave was doing. And that was done by the, I think partly by the PGA Tour wives. And I don't know how many people know this, but Birdies for the Brave was instrumental uh, in its uh, in its formation uh, because of the efforts of Phil and Amy Mickelson. Uh, They were very instrumental in getting that thing off the ground. So um, uh, hats off to them for the good work that they're doing as well.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. That's something that um, we've seen that Phil has been very very, very integral in. And I I, I will say one thing, share one story about about Phil from the the practice area on on Saturday morning, uh, where, you know, obviously he had a a large league going into Saturday, and he was – uh, about the last person to leave the practice area since he had the last tea time on, on Saturday. Um, if you have a dictionary and you look up the word rock star, and if his picture's not there, you need to get another dictionary. I'm telling you, I mean, that place, I had, there were probably ten times the number of people normally watching the practice area as the, as, as at, at that time as there normally were and when he cuts through the ropes there to get back towards the putting greed, I mean it's 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 a buzz like no other that there is over there all week. Uh, he creates energy and excitement out there uh, like, like no other. And being a fellow ASU grad myself, uh, didn't didn't bother me at all to see him win.
0: So it was a good heading <laughs> to the tournament. Well, he's cer- he's certainly a favorite, a fan favorite, and uh, as a as a champ. And I remember when I had my golf publication many years back in the day uh, when i lived in san diego uh we did a a story on mickelson's coach uh, at the time when he was a a young lad and uh uh, he was said to be a uh, just a fine young man even back then so he certainly hasn't strayed far from uh if at all from from that upbringing, so and that's and that's nice to see and nice to know, and uh, it, it was interesting to see him then go up to Pebble and literally come back down to earth when he almost <laughs> into the ocean there looking for his golf ball. my gosh. <laughs> Well,
1: it's a, I guess it's a good lesson for all of us about golf is that one one weekend you think you've got it all figured out and you can't do anything wrong, and then all of a sudden the next weekend, uh, like you say, uh, golf golf kind of puts you on your backside, literally and figuratively, you know? Absolutely. So, uh, so just uh, when, when you have those shining moments, enjoy them and enjoy what they bring to you, and when the game uh, kind of gives you a little tougher, a little tougher hand. Just know that that's part of it. That's part of playing golf. Nobody's going to be on top every week. Uh, everybody's going to go through their rough patches and enjoy the game, enjoy the game for what it is and all the moments that it brings to you.
0: Yeah, I just remember it's a, it's it's a it's a natural thing. What goes up must come down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it reminds me of that story uh, about the umpire play, uh, in a, at a ball game, and the pitcher got so upset that he threw the ball. Just as hard as he could, straight up in the air, and the umpire looked at him and says, "If that comes down, you're out of the game." Um, <laughs> so, uh, and that's and that's the way golf is. I mean, <laughs> you could be shooting uh, you could be shooting darn near zero, and all of a sudden you shoot uh, 110, and uh, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a fact of life. That's the way it goes. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you is and sometimes you isn't. Sometimes you're the baseball. Sometimes you're the bat. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's a, it it's a game of it. It, can, it,
1: it contains so many different uh, athletic elements. But to me, always on top of that, it's a game of precision. It's a game of where differences of a slight degree uh, can make a huge difference in how you score and that's something that I think as a golfer you need to come to grips with sooner rather than later because if you're expecting perfection and expecting that everything can happen shot after shot the same way, it's not going to happen, and it's a game where the best in the world you can see um, can struggle uh, on a weekly basis, and then all of a sudden they they find it. And so as as an amateur player, uh, find those find those elements of the game that you're able to succeed with, and um, try to try to build off of those. Find what part of the game is is best for you. Are you a, are you a strong short game player? If you're a strong short game player, then play to your strength. Make sure that you uh, you capitalize on on those opportunities, and don't try to do too much with the big clubs in your hand because that's where you that's where you'll get yourself in trouble. If you're a if if you're a weak putter, and you have trouble. Um, getting long putts close to a hole And trouble making it inside of six feet Spend a few extra hours on the practice screen And find something different I, About ten years ago or so, Pete I, I went to the claw grip kind, of like, kind of like the way Phil does it Actually at that time, I think Chris DeMarco Was maybe the first one that had really uh, was, was really making a public attempt at it. Um, I, I couldn't. I couldn't put a lick in those days. I was. I, I was ready to give up the game. I mean, I could. Sh- I could hit fifteen greens and shoot seventy nine. It was. I was a disaster on the putting greens, and I finally went to the claw grip, and I've done it probably for ten, fifteen years, and it, it, it saved my. It, it saved my putting game and saved my golf game at the same time because now at least I can feel like I can. Get it around the hole and get it in when I do get it around the hole, so don't be afraid my my feeling is don't be afraid to experiment and try a few different things uh that make the golf game more enjoyable for you
0: well, it's interesting you say that because i uh I've had occasion to uh have i have been a pretty fair putter for as long as I've been playing and um except when I was very young my my dad would always say to me if I had an eighteen an eighteen inch or a twelve incher he and i'd look at him and he'd say and he'd say you know you better put that and uh and as soon as he would say you better put that uh my my own hands went around my own neck and i started to gag and choke and of course i missed it uh but after i after i made a couple of them he, he he gave me the he gave me the grace of saying pick it up let's move on <laughs> uh but uh but it was uh it was it it has always been something that I've been able to do pretty well as far as the putting aspect of the game, and um, I went through I went through a phase. I, I don't know what the heck I did. One was I first came over here out here. It's thirty some years ago. Uh, I just couldn't putt. All of a sudden, I had a a bullseye putter, and I just couldn't putt and then i decided well i'm going to go get a ping i mean i'm in here in the home of ping the land of ping i'm going to go get one and i am still playing with that ping that ping answer putter i went away from it with a two a two ball for a little while but i came right back i mean it's amazing the two ball now is a bit of a respite but uh the ping is the, the ping is still my answer so to speak uh, and uh and, and i i use a standard grip standard overlap grip uh uh, don't do anything fancy with it. I've tried the claw. I've tried that. I even tried a belly putter in a practice in a practice situation. I I couldn't even get close to that. I got enough belly, but just not, not good with the putter part. Uh, and, and I just uh, it, it was amazing. I, I just keep going back to that thing. So I I guess sometimes uh, uh, my my attempts with experimentation just uh, just haven't worked out as uh, as to what I'd hope they were. And and it turns out, I'm probably still not that much. Better putter than I was before, and I'm probably not that much uh, worse either. So, uh, all in all, I guess I'm pretty happy with my putting. We'll just leave it where it is. But I understand what you're saying about trying and experimenting, because I'll uh, believe me, I'll try different drivers. I'll do a lot of stuff to try to get an extra five yards.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, no, that's, that's no no question. There's enough club options out there today. Where um, we were, we were talking before the air, we were both at at, uh, at Golf Fest last weekend, where they had a lot of the club manufacturers there, giving demos and all that. And there's enough club varieties out there today where you should be able to get something in your hands that you feel comfortable with. You got to be able to look. First of all, you got to be able to look down at the club and look look at what you see. The visual part of golf is so important. So you got to be able to look down at that club and feel comfortable with what's in your hands. And then when you swing it, there's got to be a certain feel that you're looking for. Uh, you know, everybody's golf swing is different. Everybody gets it gets it back and gets it through the ball different. But there's a certain feel that everybody knows that is is right for them. So you, you can find something that works. No, no doubt about that. Just spending a little time at, uh, with some different club manufacturers, you'll you'll find something that works.
0: That's for sure. Uh, and and like you say, there are plenty of options. So. Uh... It's certainly uh, easy enough to find uh, if you've got the time to try them uh, and the money to buy them. The time to try them, the money to buy them. I mean, that's uh, that's what it takes. Uh, but you can. I remember when when we were out there on the Wednesday prior to the Wednesday Pro and the final day for people to be on TPC, and we were doing that little golf mix thing out there. This spreecast and Aaron Overholzer was out there, and um, I asked Aaron that question: Can you buy a golf can you buy a golf game and he, he he basically said to some degree that you can uh you know there there are definitely there clubs that can be set up to help the average golfer uh and it make and make it easier for the high handicapper uh so to some degree you can in fact buy a better game uh just by make, being fitted and and having uh, making making sure that uh, you've got the the best equipment for your situation and for your swing and stance and everything else?
1: Well, I, I think there's, I think there's no question, Pete. I've, I've played, um, I've played, played team clubs for a number of years. And one one of the reasons why I do is because with the company being here in town, it's easy to go over to their, their plant. You can get some balls into the simulator Try some different options, and then you know they have some demo clubs that you can you know you can take with you to uh, kind of take it out to the grass and see see how it feels. I'm one that I've real I've got to get a club off the grass or hit it off of the tee and re- in a real situation to see how it performs for me. But the thing that one of the things that I found in many times is how important the shaft is in the club. Um, I went through a period where I was trying to get a new driver over there. And I took one home and had a shaft that you know looked like it should have been right for me, and I took it out to the golf course and I couldn't keep it within forty yards of the of the fairway i mean it was going left and right like I've never hit a golf you know never hit a golf ball before uh took it back the next day, brought a different out different one out with a different shaft, and it performed just just fine and so that's where the fitting part of it and understanding your golf swing and the different choices that there are in equipment makes a huge makes a huge difference. I have a tendency to hit a real high golf shot. Um so I need a shaft that helps me keep the ball down. And and that's what I and that's what I found in the ones that, that I have now. Um so it's really important to spend the time learn about what works for you and get the the right piece of equipment in your bag. I mean, you know, the the equipment's got to be your friend, not your enemy, right?
0: Right, right. So uh, do you consider yourself uh, a tinkerer? Do you tinker with your swing, tinker with your equipment? I I really don't. I really don't, Pete.
1: Um, I rarely in life had my swing even put on video. Um, about as far as I've gone is one of my friends kind of turned the iPhone on one day and took a, took a video of my swing and I looked at it and I realized there's a lot of work to do there so I don't try to get mechanical at all by thinking about where the club is is it you know, my inside or outside the plane or all, all that kind of stuff um, I don't spend enough time with the game to, to really do that I, try, I have a again I, I, I'm, I'm more of a field type player, I have a tempo that I'm looking for, I have a uh, I have a certain uh, a certain feel for swinging in the club I'm looking for, and if I'm fortunate enough to find it, I you know I'll, I'll enjoy a good day hitting the ball. Um, if anything, I'm going to play around a little bit with There's some things in the in the putting and in the short game because I've found that just just slight adjustments in terms of how I stand at the ball, whether I move the ball a little forward, a little back. Uh, Maybe I open my stance a little bit. Maybe I try a couple different things on on short chip shots. If anywhere, I will tinker a a little bit there. But in terms of my full swing, I get get about 15 golf balls, and I figure if, if it, it, just for warm-up purposes, and, and I go. That's where. That's, that's that's as much as deep as much deep thought as I, I probably want to
0: give to it. Well, that's interesting. I I know that you and I haven't uh, been out uh, yet together to play, but I'm I'm pretty much the same way. I uh, give me ten or fifteen, twelve, maybe uh whatever on the range just so I can get loose and I can see what I basically what I have that day. Uh I'll go do a little chipping around the green, a couple of putts, and I'm walking to the first tee and I'm ready. I don't need to have hours of warm up. I don't need to break a sweat. I mean a big, full sweat to, to be able to be ready to play because the next thing you know, if find that I'm going to get down to the second tee. I'm cold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I
1: figure if I get to look, I have to figure if I'm going to shave strokes and, and improve my score, for me it's going to happen from 50 yards in uh, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I feel like I can get the ball. You know, I, I, I can get the ball off the tee pretty well, pretty consistently. I, I've, had a, I've had a ping driver I've used for several years now, and I'm pretty comfortable with it. Um, my, my iron game is, is okay. It's not great. It's not one of those where I can say I'm going to hit a ton of shots to, you know, 10 or 15 feet, or I, at least I don't, I don't play with that expectation. Um, so I know where I can, it, it, to, for me to improve my score, I've got to make a couple more putts. I've got to make a few more six-footers when I need to. And I've got to get a couple chip shots up close to the hole because look, none of us are gonna. You know, the, the, the best guys in the world only hit uh, you know 60% to two thirds of the greens in regulation. So if they're only doing that, you and I are going to do it a lot less often. So we better we better be ready to play those shots from from green side, from bunkers, from the bunkers, wherever it is we need to get you know we we need to get it up and down. And that's where I know. Um myself, if I've had a good scoring day, I have to have made more than my fair share of putts and probably had a couple chip shots that, that uh performed pretty well for me.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I I I have uh there for a while I was when I was playing a lot and and playing relatively well, I played my game to par. In other words I always knew where I was with regard to par. Prior to that I played my game to fives. I played my game to 45, 45, 45 front, 45 back, and I knew if I were, I knew if I was plus or minus fives, and uh, if I if, if I made the turn uh, minus two against fives, and so I'm shook at shooting 43. Uh, I go out and I try to do that or better on the back, and I can shoot into the uh, the, the mid to low 80s, and if I've done that, I can even maybe sneak in a 78. Seventy nine or an eighty along the way somewhere, and that's fine. And then, and if I could, when I get back to playing again, because I as you know, I haven't been playing uh, recently. Mm-hmm. But when I get back to playing again, uh, I will I will probably play to fives or between fives and sixes, and uh, and I'll know. You know, you you make your hay. Uh, you, you know, you make your hate where the sun shines. Is that what it, is that the saying? Uh, you, you know, you, you got you yeah. can't score any more. You can't score any more than four. The way my game was, they couldn't score any more. Didn't want to score any more than four on a par three. Threes are great, but no more than a four on a par three. And always try to par the fives, uh, and the fours will take care of themselves, good or bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good approach, Pete. I, I think. You know on the par uh, on three holes we I think a lot of times we forget that those are probably the easiest places on the golf course to take yourself over par in a hurry um and one of the things I always try to remember and i and I'll tell you i don't i maybe don't adhere to it as much as i as I should is just get the ball into the middle of the green, don't go chasing tucked bins, don't go. You know, don't go trying to hit a superhuman shot from 210 yards that you're not, you know, you're not geared for. Just find your shot that's going to get the ball on the middle of the green. Get your two putts and and get out of town because all of a sudden you make a five on a par three and you just, you know, you've just gone plus two. And it can happen in a heartbeat. You get, you know, you get one into trouble, you don't get the chip shot on the green, and all of a sudden you've made a five on a hole that you go back, you look at, and you you go, holy crap, that was 150 yards. How did I just make five there, you know? So yeah. I think I think those are the ones. If you if you have a regular course or a regular league that you that you play in, from my standpoint, um, I think about it and I say, look, those are the holes I just want to get out of dodge and leave myself open for opportunities on on the other holes because those are the ones that can throw a lot of ex- a lot of plus numbers on your card that you're not really counting on.
0: Well, that's very true. The par 3s uh I think are can can be the the bane or the uh or the bonus for the uh for the average uh middle to high handicap golfer like like I am. Uh I know that I I know that I look at it uh, as an opportunity, but uh hopefully not an opportunity wasted.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly
0: well tell me kirk uh what's uh as we're kind of getting down to some short rows here uh what's what's next on the agenda we've got the R.R. Donnelly here in uh uh, in the Phoenix area. Um, I'm assuming that Golf Mix is going to be out there doing something or another. I think I'm going to be out there as well. Uh, uh, that, uh, that comes up in what, just a couple more weeks, isn't it?
1: Yeah, just another uh, four or five weeks. Well, actually four yeah four weeks from, from this weekend. And we have the, uh, of course, there's the match play down in Tucson next week. This is kind of like the Arizona golf season we're in here, at least in terms of, of tour events. We have... Uh, we have three tour events in Arizona in the span of seven weeks. So we have the uh, there's the match play next weekend, which is uh, if, if people haven't been down to that, uh, it really is worth the day to go down. The Dove Mountain course is dropped in the middle of perhaps one of the most spectacular settings you'll ever see a golf course in, right in the foothills of some of the mountains there by Tucson. It's it is Desert Vista Golf. Uh, on on steroids perhaps it really gives you some great great desert books it is um uh, just a very very unique event and I'm a I'm a big proponent of I, I enjoy watching match play. I enjoy watching whether it's on television or I enjoy playing at it. I enjoy the idea that this is really the only time in golf, golf becomes a one on one competition. Whether it's you playing in your league or watching a PGA tour event, it's you against the field. And this is the only time it becomes a head to head competition set up and so I think that makes for a really, really unique thing of uh, um from from golf mixes standpoint, we are giving away some tickets to the match play. If you go on to the site and write a review between now and the match play, uh, you'll be entered in a drawing. You have a chance to win some tickets, so I urge everybody to to do that and uh, take advantage of, the, of an opportunity to go down there and watch uh, watch a really. Uh, Fun and uh, unique event with the uh, with best players from from all around the world being here. Um, more more of an international flavor than you see at the at the Phoenix Open since it's the top 64. And then, like you mentioned, in uh, in a month or so, we have the R Donnelly coming to uh, coming to Wildfire Golf Club and the Desert Ridge Marriott over in the North North Phoenix. Uh, we are, think like you mentioned golf mix. We are planning a presence there. We're still. Uh, it's kind of in the in the mix right now. We're talking to the the, the tournament folks about that, but we were at a media day there uh, last week, and they're planning some some really good really good things for this year. They're trying to build some momentum with the tournament. This is uh, now being the, the third year uh, coming up this year, and I think the commitment the commitment of our Donnelly is very much uh, in place uh, from their standpoint, and they express that me at the media day and uh they want to make this is the initial event initial i should say industry u.s event of the lpga season and so they want to uh make a really uh a really big kickoff with with that
0: as well now the uh i was watching some of the things that you were doing i was preparing for another show uh uh here that day and uh I was watching some of the things that you guys were doing out there uh, uh, with uh, via spreecast, and uh, uh, did, you guys were on top of a roof, hitting down. Over... <laughs> <laughs> it was
1: it was amazing. it was really a fun thing they they set up here. What they did was they took uh, they put a little setup up on the roof of the hotel, and they had three of the LPGA tour players up there, Wendy Ward, Amanda Bloomerhurst, and Paige McKenzie. And so they set up a little a little platform to hit down to one of the greens, and it was about a 100-yard shot, or, or, or so they said. And so what they did was they had uh, each of the players hit a shot in there, and then they gave us all a chance to hit a couple of shots and uh, hit it inside of them. It was... I think it was one of those things, and I I will tell you, they they did get a few practice shots at it. Not that they wouldn't have beaten me in any event, but they did have that advantage. Standing up there on a rooftop, and to get to this thing, Pete, I have to tell you, you had to climb up about five ladders, go underneath a couple of pipes, trace around on the roof. I mean, once you got there, you were tired, let me tell you. (laughs) It (laughs) It was quite a setup. You kind of felt like you had to be James Bond to get over to the thing. But once you got there and you climbed up the ladder, and you had the club in your hand. It was a it was a fun little setup. And we did like you mentioned, uh, John did his free cast from up there, uh, broadcasting every one shot. Uh I got to hit a couple, one of which um I don't know, they hit it about four grooves low and so it, it didn't uh, it went on a lot more of a line drive than a wedge shot should. My second one was pretty decent, got it put it up on the first, and I think if I'd have had a, another half a bucket or so I might actually got one close to the hole. But uh they are very committed to getting themselves uh, in front of the fans and making a great fan-friendly type experience. And this was their their kickoff to do that. It was a a, a fun media day out there. We got to play the course afterwards. It, it was really in really in nice shape. Uh, wildfire is a uh, it's a fun a fun way out. A good test. And I think I think we'll see some see some great scores out there again this year as there
0: were last year. Well, let us know the secret. What'd you
1: shoot? <laughs> well, we actually we played a uh, we played a shamble type format. Oh.
0: Okay. So
1: it was one of those where you know you pick your you pick your best drive and then play in from there. And and I'm gonna confess, Pete, I really don't I, I really don't remember the numbers. <laughs> I remember I did make a couple of birdies. So you know what? If I walk up the course and do that, am I? My partner, I played had, uh, hit Gary Cruz on the cart with me, and he hit a great shot in there on the last par three, and we had a we had a twenty foot uphiller for birdie, and I watched two of them go left and fall short, and I said, okay, I said the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm going to give it the room, and I'm going to get it to the hole. It was one of those that if it wouldn't have hit the hole, it probably would have gone 12 feet by, but it hit the back of the hole and went in. And, and you know what? That's what I that's what I remember the most from the round. I got out of there with a birdie, and so that's so good.
0: Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Well, uh, what's uh, what's on uh What's in store for golf mix now? You said you're you're going to be out at the yard. uh has some kind of a presence there yet to be determined, I think. And uh, and you have some tickets available for Accenture. Um, we
1: do, we do. We have we have one other thing also, Pete, that we have uh, started doing the last couple of weeks that John has been doing with with Aaron Oberholzer is we're doing a spreecast cast. Um, one evening uh prior, every week last night uh we headed on at uh at eight thirty our time where via Spreecast John is talking to aaron from uh aaron is in uh l a right now playing at ed uh, Riviera in the uh, northern trust open and John was talking to him and so it's a great way for people to uh, they can watch him on spreecast watching the discussion and you can participate in the discussion you can you can uh uh, sit there on your computer type a type a question in and it'll show up and john and answer, john and aaron will, will answer it so um, it's a nice little nice little add on we've we built in the golf mix and a fun thing for everyone to take a look at
0: so that's on the uh, that's on the site now right
1: yeah that's on the site just go to the site and there's a section for videos on there and you'll see when the next one you'll see the uh you'll see uh when the next one will be so come to the site. Um, sometime between now and the next event. And like I said, we've been doing it Wednesday at 8.30, depending on Aaron's schedule, you know, where he's playing and where he's traveling to, that that could change. But uh, check that out on Golf Mix, and you can participate in a live discussion with uh, with John and Aaron Overholzer.
0: Now, is uh, is the video on there now from this last conversation you had with him?
1: Yes, yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's up there now.
0: Yes, it is. Good. So people can go and see that, and that's golfmix.com, dot golfmix dot com, correct? Yeah. They can they can go see that at golfmix dot com.
1: There's a little, there's a um,
0: we call it we call it talk the tour. And the last two videos
1: that uh, John and Aaron have done are are up there. Aaron will talk about the uh, what's going on at the particular event that week. Maybe some things that are going on with his game, and uh, give you a little inside info as to what's going what's going on on tour.
0: Well, I hope Aaron does well. I'd like to see him uh, back on tour playing on a regular basis and being successful. Uh Yeah,
1: absolutely. He's making his return. He's making his his uh, initial start this year at uh at, at Riviera. Uh a tough track to to get started at. That's for sure. Uh it's not a it, it's you're not going to see anybody shooting 28 under there, i got a feeling, this week. No, That's, no. Not that, not that kind of a course.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's amazing. Uh, I want to just touch back on this one thing that we kind of briefly talked about, and I know that uh, we've got to both get going here. Um, we were talking earlier about uh, the Phoenix Open and, and the uniqueness of the Phoenix Open. And there is never, I don't think, I don't think you're going to find anywhere, um, a of greater comparison of what the Phoenix Open is to other tournaments than you did from the Phoenix Open week to last week's uh, Pebble Beach. Talk about day and night. Not that anything is better than the other. It's just that you come off the excitement and the uproarious uh, frivolity and everything at the Phoenix Open and you get out there, even though it's a pro-am to the uh, for, to the AT&T, it's, it's completely different atmosphere,
1: isn't it? Oh, it, it definitely is. I mean, you know, for, first of all, the, the two settings couldn't be any more different, perhaps, and in, in, I mean, of the dramatic setting of Pebble Beach and the ocean and all of that versus the, and kind of the, 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 the wide, you know, the, the wide open expanses of looking out there over the Pacific Ocean on, on every hole versus the stadium feel of the Phoenix Open where you're constantly surrounded by uh, by thousands of people, so just the just the visual of what you see couldn't couldn't be any more different. And and then like like you say, there's you know it, it's set up in two different, totally different parts of the world. I've I've not had, yet had the good fortune to to play at Pebble, and that, that's definitely on my bucket list, Pete. You can rest assured. Uh, but uh, no, there's no two two totally different setups in terms of a golf tournament. That's for sure.
0: Well, I have had the good pleasure of, of playing Pebble Beach, uh, and I I will at some point go back again. Uh, uh, it's just a, a phenomenal experience to play, and the vistas and the views are just magnificent. And what you see on television uh, was a beautiful week out there this last week but it does not even at that in my opinion does not do it justice um mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's so anybody out there that has an opportunity to go play uh please get uh, take advantage of it because it's a it's a once in a lifetime experience uh and i if I, there's a few places that I that I've played that I can say wow I played there. One of them is Pebble Beach, the other one, uh, second to it, but nonetheless, uh, second nonetheless is uh, is Torrey Pines is another great ocean track over yeah. on the California coast. And uh, but nothing beats Pebble.
1: Yeah, no, I, I tell you, Peter, and I think that's the thing with so many great golf courses. Your even favorite golf courses that you have, wherever they are, in town or around the world, um, when you somehow television just never quite captures the incredibleness of it. I, I've been to Augusta a couple of times to watch a practice round. And as amazing as Augusta looks on television, television doesn't capture it. It just doesn't. It's just one of those one of those kind of things. It's a place in this world you you've gotta you've gotta go to and see it. I, I've been to I I've been to Kapalua a couple of times to play there and again you see those brilliant vistas going down looking out over the ocean there in Hawaii. When you're standing there on the 18th tee, you just you can't believe it. So um, that's one of the great things about golf that we both know is that it, it can take you to some really, really fabulous places in this world and uh, give you a chance to experience something that really can only be experienced by being there on site. It just doesn't happen happen coming through your television.
0: Well, that's true. Uh, I, there's no way that I've I, I played over on Hawaii on several golf courses over there, and there's just there's just no way that I could <laughs> du- yeah. duplicate that view on uh, on on television. It's it is something uh, something to behold, and uh, and and really, you can watch the thing on TV for any golf course, and you're going to miss it. Although I, there's something about I because I have played TPC. And when I see a shot being hit there, I say, I know where that is. I've been somewhere near there. Uh, and when you, when, you, when you watch Pebble and you see them hitting that shot uh, over the chasm on number eight or down to the, the part three on the seventh, and you go, you know what? That's right where I put my shot, right there on the left fringe, and I got down in two for a par. And I went, Wow. I did that too <laughs> so, well that it, that's
1: what i was going that's what I was going to ask you pete did you did you make par on the on seven and then did you go over to seventeen and set it in the rough where Watson chipped it in from and chip it in like he did, did no did, did you pull that off <laughs> no I, I didn't
0: get i didn't get that one done uh uh sixteen ate my lunch with that big gorge that's in front. I don't know if you realize it uh but right. it, there's there's a huge boy, that thing is deep you need a, a ladder and a and a and a, a rope to get out of there, uh, and I hit my I hit mine in there, and I looked down there, and my caddy says, "I'll go down and get it." <laughs> That's why I throw it up because I'm not going down there. You'll never get me out of there. Uh, by that time, I was I was shot, but uh, but still, the, the the walk up eighteen is uh, just unbelievable. Uh, I mean, I I have to hit three big shots to get there, but uh, I was. I just barely trickled it into the trap. Uh, I was almost past the trap when it finally caught the lip and rolled back into the right. But it was it was a great uh, great round of golf. I got to play with my daughter. I think I've told the story, and it was it was phenomenal. So uh, well well worth the trip up and uh, well worth the, the stay and uh, and all the fun we had up there. And uh, it was a great great trip, and I do do intend to make it again. There's there's no doubt about it. That, that is that is on, still on the bucket list. Well, all right,
1: okay. Give me a call when that happens, and I'll be I'll be in the car with you. Oh, good? there
0: you go, there you go. Absolutely, we'll do that. All right, Kirk, I tell you, it's been it's been great talk. We talked for a whole hour here, you and I, and golf today, and uh, here on the straight down the middle. And I'm I'm glad we had the opportunity to do that. Uh, not that we don't like to have guests on the show, but sometimes we just like to get together and shoot the breeze.
1: Well, I'm glad we could get get caught up, Pete. And uh, next week at the Sun, we'll be. In the middle of the, uh, the match play event down in Tucson, so we can kind of keep an eye on the, on the goings on there, and uh, um, I, I have some thoughts about uh, the, the, the match. I think it's a great thing, and I think there's even some things they could do to enhance it. And so, I'll kind of leave that as the teach. for so let's let, let's talk about that next time and see what uh, see what happens down there at Dove Mountain.
0: And yes, and our our guest from that was supposed to be here today, Nancy Collins with Sassy Golf, is going to be here. And Nancy is a sassy lady, and she'll uh, she'll be on the show with us next week. I hope, uh, and we uh, look forward to talking to her about what she's got going and how people can get involved in in her uh, her operation, not only from a fund standpoint, but possibly as uh, some type of a partnership with her in helping her organization grow. So uh, we'll talk about her uh, her business model as well. Well, so uh we're looking we're looking forward to having that conversation with Nancy So until then Kirk, I'll say goodbye uh, thanks for everybody for listening and we'll we'll talk again next week on straight down the middle. All right, take care Pete. take care now you've been listening to straight down the middle on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com. To reach the Boomer and the Babe, email host at boomerandthebabe.com or friend them on facebook.com slash boomerandbabe. And on Blog Talk, you can friend them at blogtalkradio.com slash boomerandbabe. Follow their tweets at twitter.com slash boomerandbabe. Be sure to make the second half of your life the best half of your life. And remember, at 50, you're just getting started.